friends, welcome to episode 234 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are you doing, Rob? Um, not bad. Not not too not too terrible. Um, little freaked out by the amount of snow we're getting at this point. In well, we we haven't gotten any snow. I, I say we in the royal sense of Michigan. Yeah, so it's... upper upper levels of Michigan here, upper peninsula and stuff. Not, like not that. even that much upper. Yeah, like, Grand mid, Rapids, mid st- state up. Yeah, like, ugh. yeah. I know there's some states that would love our snow. You may take it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you may you may take it and enjoy it, but yeah, just just I I feel for some of our our residents and some of our listeners who are. Were caught off guard by having their Halloween trick or treating schedule canceled by the counties because there was too much snow. Yep, yep, yep. But and then, meanwhile, we've got uh, uh, Patreon and friend of the show Claus uh, down in Texas uh, melting. Saying, hey, send it, send it to us, please. <laughs> yeah, like dear God. Yep. The, there's it's it's just hard all around. Yeah, that's the best I can say. So, but uh, yeah, other than that, we've. Uh, Let's see. We had uh, our Nova Praxis game this past weekend. Yeah, that was really good. I think yeah, uh, I think it went phenomenally. It's uh, it's it's always interesting to see how it goes. And I will say that it we we ran afoul of the say the thing that happens when everybody is in the chatty groove, and we were all just chatting it up and and talking like throughout the game. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of cross chatter in that yeah. game, but um, you know, I I think again it's growing pains it's a different group of people it's also session four um it's also session four so we were feeling that vibe of it's a campaign now you yep, know yep Shit, shit's getting real uh but i, I think the my the, the thing that I, I really loved about the nova praxis game was i felt like we're all feeling comfortable enough with our player characters um enough now that we're starting to uh it's it's less engaging with the game mechanically and we're starting to engage far more narratively Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I had a couple moments where my character was like, "Oh no, I am, I'm having an emotional response." I thought that was to great. This. I thought that was, you great. know, yeah. It's like I, I should be doing this optimal thing, but frankly, my character's just freaked out right now. I'm gonna pass my turn, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, no, it's really, really good, and it's, it's the story's coming out. Uh, I know Sean's very excited about it and stuff like that too. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy all around. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going. Um. I'm interested to see when when your game's going to get on the books. We've got uh, Mouse Guard in a couple weeks here coming up because it had to get rescheduled. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Mad Elf recovering from COVID, so uh, yeah, just not enough energy, which yeah. I totally respect. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, absolutely. Take care of yourself, man. Like, yeah, always. Ga- games are games. Like by all means, don't put yourself out for them. Yeah, glad just glad you're on the mend. Honestly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, other than that, uh, and you're not running anything right now, so... No, it feels real awkward. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I gotta say, January, like, that's changing? You like, enjoying I... your vacation? It feels weird. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like a vacation. Yeah. I, I think it's it's more akin to, like, you've done the same job for 30 years that when you take a vacation that's longer than 10 days, you feel like you're failing. Yep. And yep. I, I get ideas, like, I want to do things, but at the same time, like... I'm trying to hold myself back mm-hmm. a little bit until I can make sure that everyone has the space to do it. And that's the thing. I think that's the big thing for me is is that we're, we technically – some of our players are in three games. Yeah. 
Yeah, which a, is not easy. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask anyone. When we're all adults and we 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 try to binge yeah. them, binge them on one weekend a day, so it takes yeah. kind of the entire day. Some some of those players live like over an hour away, so yeah. there's a driving thing involved. And yep, yep. Which is why I'm the... like I'm gonna wait till January. I'm gonna see where people sit because the last thing I want is to like throw a game out there and everybody's like, I'm too exhausted. I ain't got no time for this. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, eh, okay, now I feel now I'm having the DM, you know, the DM withdrawal of like, oh, nobody wants to play my game, <laughs> you know, which is not the case at all. Not so. the case at all. No. You know, then then I do the dumb thing where I, you know, oh, is there a local gaming store that I could put a sign up at and just run something for some crazy people? You could. I could. You could. RIW's right there, man. Yeah, but do I want to deal with that? The 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 finding new players and trying new players thing? You know, I, I've I've contended that with that myself. I've actually asked about like open gaming nights and stuff like that. And this mm-hmm. is something they do. You can you can go and advertise there. I know yep. I mean on one hand you would have to commit yourself to it. Yeah. Um it's it's probably you'd probably have to run it weekly. Yeah. But that would also mean you'd you know, more bite sized games instead of making mm-hmm. big six hour long extravagandas. Oh yeah, yeah. Um so uh, you're probably getting about the same amount of gaming done in a month yeah. with three two-hour games rather than, you know, one six-hour game. Right, right. Um, and the the thing that I, I've constantly thought about, and this is the reason, like, I mean, you know me, how introverted I am. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm thinking about it is because both you and I have a very big um, uh, desire to get other games other than D&D out yes. into the general zeitgeist yes, and get people experiencing what a non-D&D game can be like. Yeah. And broaden people's horizons, you yep. know? Yep, definitely. Uh, and so, I mean, if you did do that, uh, yeah, absolutely, I would support you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you would you'd be doing a great service, I think, to the local gaming community by doing that, you know? Yeah, pull some of the games off of the shelves that they literally have right there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can go buy this book Right there, it's yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah, you want to play Pirate Borg? Let's do this thing. You want to run Pirate Borg? Let me show you. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Let me sh- let me show you how to tell a story with a lot less stats. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, things like that. They, they interest me. It's it's out there, but like also it's Michigan winters. Yeah, I mean it's so. Michigan winters, and also you know it's it's subjecting yourself to the horrible and ordeal of being known. You know. Yeah, that is another piece. So. Ah. <sighs> But I digress. So, uh, a special note. I'm going to put this at the beginning of the show so people remember, and I'll put it. We'll also discuss it at the end. Ten minutes. Uh, in. Yeah. Uh, is that uh, our next show will be pre-recorded? Yeah. Um, we may still like do it recorded live on Mixlr because it's just easier sometimes. Um, Are you out of town on a work conference? Is it? Yeah, I've got a that I've got work a work conference, conference yeah. uh, next week uh, that'll keep me out of town and uh, unable to really record in any meaningful way because i can't trust where i'm going to be at in the internet that's going to be going on there and setting that stuff up is never fun um so i apologize for that that we're going to do a recorded show we will try and get a a question list up uh for it but uh um it is a it is a system spotlight and uh uh for next week which i figured it was going to be that big of an issue yeah we're going to be talking about uh, monster of the week by evil hat games yeah so but tonight we have our first of the month, 202. First of the month, 202. So yes. this, uh, I think we, we've, we've done we've done shows about this before, but yeah. uh, I think it's, it's always a topic kind of worth delving into because um, along with a, a lot of our 202s, we, we, we like to examine um, 
aspects of gaming and storytelling that deserve a little more attention because there's a little more depth than you think there is on the surface. Yes. This week, I think, is no exam, uh, no, or is, is is no exception, and that is because we're talking we're talking about MacGuffins. Yes. Okay. The objects of interest, essentially, that drive our stories. Yeah. The the objects of interest that are not necessarily interesting on their own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So the the term MacGuffin. Um, is uh, it comes from Alfred Hitchcock, if I remember correctly. It actually comes earlier than Alfred Hitchcock, and I, I forget the the individual who had it, but not by much. By not, by not but not he by made much. it popular uh, in his uh, um, in, in one of his quotes. Maltese Falcon, I want to say, is where it was popularized. That's where I don't remember. it was popularized. That, but his statement was: uh, "There's a briefcase up. Uh, you're, uh, they're, they're on a train, and there's a briefcase uh, up on the shelf." Why is the briefcase there? Because it's a MacGuffin. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So it, the idea is is that you're putting something in the scene of note that every character is aware of because it is the thing that's carrying the plot. Yes. And the Maltese Falcon is the it is a form of that. Yes. Uh, a very direct form of it. Probably the most recognizably direct format of it. So if you type MacGuffin definition into uh, into Google, it spits out an object or device in a movie or book that serves merely as a trigger for the plot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so it really doesn't matter what the MacGuffin is in a no. lot of in a lot of ways. By its original definition. Um the story isn't really about the object. Mm-mm. Um it's it's more about what conflict comes from you know the struggle around it. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it represent? Who wants it? Who is willing to fight to get it? Mm-hmm. What will happen if it is then delivered to where it needs to go, or used in a certain way, or whatever? Yeah. Often, by de- the more you define the MacGuffin, the as... less of a MacGuffin it becomes. Well, and and it actually it becomes more challenging. Because it can't be effective as a plot tool as it gets defined. The less defined MacGuffins that aren't even physically usable are often some of the best because everyone outside of them can then make a lot of wild assumptions about it Mm -hmm. that are not the truth, and the truth is masked. Yes. Whereas if you define it by giving it qualities, by giving it uh, uh, an understanding, unless necessary... For whatever setting it's in, like, for instance, the One Ring was indestructible, mm-hmm. right, except for where it was created. Okay, that creates a point at where you need to get to. Yes. So yes. that defines the story. You can attach any number of contrivances to it to drive right. the story, and that's and that's what the MacGuffin is there for. It is mm-hmm. just an attachment for contrivance. Mm-hmm. You yeah. literally just stick contrivances onto it and then say, okay, now you got to work with those. Yeah. And again, the more you put on there, the often challenge, more challenging it can get because you have to recall all of this since it is central to moving the story. Exactly. Um, what's interesting is really there are two main uses for MacGuffins. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is is that as a catalyst for action within the story, um, often you'll see scenes where, you know, there's like a briefcase. And one guy's trying to steal it from the other one. So during the fight sequence, it's getting slid all over the place, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're fighting for control of the briefcase. Right. Mm -hmm. But it could be anything, really. It could be a key. It could be something in the case. But regardless, it's driving the action to make that scene keep going. Um, I think back to uh, the Marvel movies uh, where they're trying to uh, fix the helicarrier and they've got 
like the command key mm-hmm. and there's the fight over trying to get it in the slot, you know, kind of a thing. And you're, you're dealing with that contrivance, that thing that's, that, that's trying to get done, but there's an object required. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, the second is, is that the MacGuffin can reveal character traits. So this is where things can get a little esoteric in mm-hmm. what a MacGuffin is. Um, one of the most esoteric ones that, uh, that is recognizable, but not always defined as a MacGuffin, unless you are knowing of it, is the term Rosebud. Yep. And that is, is, uh, it was the Citizen Kane. Yeah. Correct. It was the, the, the final words of a dying man that were not understood by anyone. And yet that in itself was the confusion that drove the plot mm-hmm. uh, to discover what did it mean. Funny enough, reused many times over in other uh, stories that idea, and in fact, Rosebud and or various variations of that idea, the final words of someone being driven out. There was a uh, there was an old song called Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. Okay. You remember, you ever heard it? It sounds familiar. There, it's, it's, it's just this like, weird poppy 80s song it's probably just a really in poor taste nowadays that like school shootings have become just a thing like weather yeah. around here in, in, in. but uh before before any of all that happened mm-hmm. um it was it was an oddity uh the song was about this homecoming queen who uh pulls out a gun and goes on a shooting spree in the uh, uh at the, the end of the homecoming dance and when uh when she's taken out at the end of it she goes i did it for johnny and the narrator's like, who's Johnny? Who's, who's Johnny? Oh my god, this is like that movie, Citizen Kane, where you later find out Rosebud is a sled? <laughs> but we'll never find out who Johnny is, because, like, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's... And that's just, I that's burned into my memory mm-hmm. forever, yep. is where that whole Citizen Kane thing came from. That was a complete aside. I, so I apologize for that. <laughs> but, but I think it's important, because okay. many people think, like, well, MacGuffins are the story. And the answer is no. No, they're, they're the inciting trigger that drives it all yeah and in fact they're they're almost inconsequential to the story yeah uh one of the uh one of my favorite ones is casablanca Mm -hmm. in the sense that the whole thing is about uh the requirement of one uh, of intelligence basically secret secret documents no one knows what those documents are, and they're completely unimportant what the quality of those things are but they're the only way to get away Mm mm-hmm and everyone knows that. But it, in the sense that they are the most important thing, we know very little about it because that's – it's just the thing is the thing. It is secret documents yep. of some level of intelligence. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction is another beautiful example of – Top of my list for MacGuffins, man. Yeah. Top of my list. It's What's carried... in the briefcase? We don't know, but it glows, and yeah. it's amazing. And even when the characters look into it, you still have no understanding of what is in the case. Yep. And so many theories have come out of what's in the case. Mm-hmm. But it's not as important as the story that is told around said case. Yes, exactly. Um, the Horcruxes in Harry Potter is a good example of one that is defined, but defined for a purpose. Not unlike the One Ring... The Horcruxes must be destroyed to be able to end the evil. Yep. And so they have to be found, they have to be figured out, so it it adds to all kinds of levels of mystery to drive it through the story, but everyone who is aware of them knows that there's mystery wrapped within them, within each one of them. 
Oh, um, for this next one actually knocks in the box. Uh, said in the live chat, it says, Indiana Jones and the MacGuffin of whatever. Yeah. No. Very, very true. Uh, I and mean, we put Raiders of the Lost Ark on here for the Ark of the Covenant, but mm-hmm. you are correct. It is it is always Indiana Jones and the MacGuffin of whatever. Mm-hmm. You are correct. And that is, it is fantastic, and it belongs in a museum. <laughs> um, but again, it's it's there to give power to someone and it need not be retrieved by them. That yep. is that is nine times out of ten, yep. that kind of story. Uh, you already mentioned the, the Infinity Stones I earlier. Did. I did. Uh, the uh, Rosebud, the One Ring. The One Ring is probably one of the more well-known MacGuffins yeah. uh, in here. Uh, you put the dude's rug from the Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Because right at the beginning of the movie, it is explained that he loves this rug because it completes his room. And basically... It gets messed up. I'm not going to explain how if you've never seen The Big Lebowski. But that inciting incident and it's and, and the confusion therein about how it gets destroyed and, and summarily like messed up creates the rest of the story um, that wraps around it. It is the idea that the thing, again, not wondrous by any means, but is important. Yeah. Drives the rest of it. Um it's not, not the entire rest of it. I mean, like the first half of the movie, though. But like, but it, it is the inciting incident that, yeah. that is a um, thing, yeah. The, the same feel of that mm-hmm. is um, the Mel Gibson movie where he's just trying to Payback. get his money. Payback. Payback. The money is the MacGuffin of that story. Yeah, yeah. Right? It drives him through the whole thing. And, and, <laughs> and yet it is somewhat meaningless even amongst the people involved in the story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and Saving Private Ryan. Private Ryan is a MacGuffin. 100%. Yeah. A he MacGuffin is... can be a person. We'll circle back around to that later. Correct, correct. Now, there are, I will say, bad examples that exist out there. Knox in the Box says, Mr. Body from Clue is a MacGuffin. That isn't... Okay, let me think about this one for a second. Is Mr. Body... The MacGuffin. Yes. Yeah. I think by definition within Clue, it is a masked MacGuffin without a doubt. It's hard to to initially see it, but yes. Yeah. 100%. I agree. I would agree that the that that it is. That it is. Yeah. Um Yeah. Good 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 pull. Good pull there. Um the other is uh and and I'll probably get a little bit of flack for this one. Uh, from some people, without a doubt, but I would say that "quote unquote" the AllSpark in Transformers is not a good MacGuffin. It is a MacGuffin, without a doubt. It is a good MacGuffin, uh, but it is so poorly derived and designed because it doesn't drive all of the narrative and plots. It is it is there, but it is often thrown around with such. I don't know, for lack of a better term, like malaise throughout the plot that it doesn't really drive anything. And it it gets redefined again and again and again to whatever it's... It's more like the deflector dish in Star Trek than it is a MacGuffin. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's the thing that solves the problem, but also is the inciting problem. And for that, it becomes a bad tool. Right, right. Right. And that's that's the problem with mixed writing is especially if it's reused over and over. That's the worst. I mean, first off, it's it's a it's a it's a Michael Bay film. I'm not sure we should be looking for any sort of deep, you know. Hey, 
I'm going to examine so that our listeners can examine no, as well. You're, you're fine. You're fine. So, uh, but but I think that the lesson to take away from this um, is that the MacGuffin needs to have a place in the narrative, mm-hmm. right? And it, it must represent something. Mm-hmm. And if that thing changes constantly, it's difficult to build any sort of like emotional attachment to it or a meaningful plot development around it. Correct. If it's completely mercurial, what is it supposed to mean? Correct. You know it. it, it it should immediately have a notation of understanding of its purpose from the moment that it is there. Even if it is benign, like mm-hmm. the briefcase on a train. Yeah. He has a briefcase. The man with one red shoe. Those types of things. The moment that it is entering the scene, it is immediately defined as, like, the man with one red shoe is an assassin. Mm-hmm. He must be stopped. Okay. Now we have it, right? Mm-hmm. We know its purpose within the drive of the story. What it defines from that point forward and how it directs the story is 100% up to how it presents. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, different ways to kind of engage with a MacGuffin. Okay. 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 So if a MacGuffin is a meaningless object mm-hmm. that just essentially you attach plot contrivances to so people can fight over it sure. and create conflict sure, in the story. Sure, sure, sure. How do you engage with a MacGuffin, right? Um, it needs to verb. <laughs> I, I I think there's three main ways. Okay. Okay. I three, think that's fair. Three sort of main plot arcs that that, that revolve around MacGuffin. Sure. Okay? Sure. Either the heroes have it and the villains want it. I think that's fair. The and, and when I say heroes and villains, I'm using that for antagonist and pro, sure. antagonist and protagonist. Sure. Essentially, I'm with probably you. Simpl- is, simplifying. That's right. fine. Um. Villain has it, and heroes want it. I agree with that. Or we've got what I like to call steal the bacon. Neither side has it, but the fir- uh, but the first to control it wins. It is uncontrolled. Both are racing towards it. I think that's a fair way of of defining uh, a fi- the physical object design. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, but I think you know, like on on the surface, it's it's very easy to look at each of these three things and kind of go like, okay, well. You know, vi- heroes heroes have it. Villain wants it. Cool. So the villain's just going to attack the heroes. Sure, on the surface, that's probably the easiest way to do things. Um, the, the One Ring is probably the biggest example of this one. Um, the heroes have it. Mm-hmm. The villain wants it. Mm-hmm. And so you get put in these precarious positions where, you know, obviously you've got like the ring rays coming for They're it. They're hunting whatnot. for it. They're yes. hunting for it and whatnot. And, and you know, the, the orcs and, mm-hmm. and, and all that jazz. You're constantly being attacked for it. But I don't I don't think that's the only way that we're really engaging with that MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. I think first off, obviously defense is the primary one. But you've got this MacGuffin. Understanding is another sort of plot arc that, mm-hmm. that, that you're looking for here. Um, why does the villain want it? What is this thing? What does it do? What purpose does it hold? What import does it hold? Does it hold universal importance? Is it only important to the, uh, to the villain? Well, I think that's done pretty well. I mean, if we, if we use the one ring as a good example of this, Mm -hmm. the opening of it, it's kind of obscured even Mm -hmm. to, to everybody, but the viewer on the outside. So if we look at it from purely a standpoint of like, why is this important? One of the characters goes and looks for why it's important, still understanding that it needs to get moving. Exactly. And so in our games, mm-hmm. right, you've got this mysterious MacGuffin. Now, mind you, you know, it's 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 good to look at it from, you know, from the standpoint of, hey, the one ring is a, you know, is, is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. 
But in, we're talking tabletop RPGs. Mm-hmm. Someone's playing Gandalf, mm-hmm. okay? That's a person have, who has to make a research role. That's a person who has to go on a quest. Mm-hmm. That's a person who has to call in maybe some favors to be like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing before? You know? Right. That's engaging gameplay. That's something that draws one of those players in who may have made that researchy character, who may have made that wizard character. Right. You know, that's a great way to engage with that MacGuffin. Um, escort and delivery. Mm-hmm. Same type of thing. I mean, it, we need to take this thing to Mordor. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So we have to protect it, but we also have to move with it. We have to get it to the place that it's going. We have to deliver, find who needs to get it at the end. Uh-huh. Possibly someone who can keep it safe or destroy it or contain it mm-hmm. or whatever. Bones right. in a museum. Um, so right there you've got some gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one I thought of too is like obfuscating or misdirecting. Mm-hmm. Okay, Finding a way to hide the MacGuffin so the villain can't find it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you create a decoy. Maybe you split off a different group for an alternate route. We did this in one of my games. Mm-hmm. We called it the Gold Coast Shuffle. Yep, exactly. Um, you guys created two decoys to smuggle a person across town mm-hmm. and get them out of uh, get them out of sight of a, of a, of a rival gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of things that you can do with just that MacGuffin, just from the standpoint of having having it in your possession and trying to defend it from the heroes yep. or from from the villains. Yep. Yep. So then when you shift that, mm-hmm. like where it's the villain has it and the hero wants it, you have your your typical types of things. The the attack, the, again, the same thing that the villain would do. I'm just going to go get it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Obviously, this this it's in his possession. We need to go fight him and get it from him. Right, right. Steel is another one where we, we sneak in, we infiltrate. You know, in some way, whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, we, we handle by, you know, through through a network or any number of other means and mm-hmm. try and get it that way. Um, this is like your, your Ocean's Eleven gameplay. Yeah. This is your Blades in the Dark. Yep. You know, if the, uh, God, I'm trying to think of, like, games where this has happened. Shadowrun often does this. Shadowrun often does this, where you're trying to infiltrate and, and steal, like, corporate data mm-hmm. or a prototype for yep. a new cyberware or something like that. Exactly. Or or retrieve something back for someone Yeah, that's been taken. You know, a high-class client is just like, I really liked that watch. I but, want it back. But one way or another, you're trying to do it by circumventing the enemy rather than meeting them, you know, head, head on. on head. Yeah, because right? you don't have the, the force. Yeah. Uh, or the resources often. Um, the other thing that kind of sits within that thing is the barter, you know? Yeah. Where you're just trying to, you know, work with them to see if there's some way that, you know, it can be negotiated. Uh, that it can get retrieved in some way. Because there's a lot of times you're dealing with situations like that where the person's not high and mighty with a huge defensive force. They just don't want to give it up. Sure. And you really don't want to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then finally, the destruction of said thing. You know? Maybe a lot sometimes of... the answer is nobody can have the MacGuffin. Yeah, 007 often does this one, where, you know, the enemy has secrets, or the enemy has a weapon, and it needs to be destroyed, because mm-hmm. no one should have this. You know, we can't let this fall into the Russians' hands. We can't let this fall into terrorist hands, or whatever. So we have to get rid of it. Yep. So. Yep, and sometimes that can be you can you can have some really interesting storytelling surrounding this one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I find this one particularly compelling because, uh, I I would like to stick this sort of storytelling in where the MacGuffin is not an obvious target for destruction. 
Mm-hmm. You know, where it is valuable, where it does have intrinsic value to someone, mm-hmm. to good guys. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of good can come from the MacGuffin, but you put them in a position where it's like we can't retrieve it, but we can't allow the villain to remain in, in possession of it. Right. You know, I, my my it's thought... like you have to smash a stained glass window to. Well, it's it's almost even worse than that. Like I think of uh, another aspect of this that you put on here, and I, I agree with, is the reveal. Mm-hmm. And I think that right there, when uh, uh, oh man, I don't want to get into spoilers. I'll, I'll go with this: a different turn of the wheel in Wheel of Time, sure, where you might have the the dragon reborn, already friendly with the 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 villain, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "You gonna destroy him? You need him. That's there's only one way this ends, right? In, right. in, in your favor, so." What are you gonna? You gonna fight him? You gonna fight me? He's here. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to change sides right now, and and that's a whole situation that could just yeah. blow up in anyone's face. We had a situation in Baldur's Gate three. I don't want to spoil because there's still a lot of people playing that game. That mm-hmm. happened in one of the acts where we thought an object actually became a person. Within the story, we were like, oh, oh boy. Well, that's a that's a different situation now. Yep. We're not just taking a thing. We're trying to take a person. Yeah. Oof. Uh, or the the other the other big reveal that I like too is uh, you know where you come into that conflict of the you know the heroes are finally going face to face with the villain and they're like, you know you can't you can't be allowed to have the MacGuffin and the villain goes, what do you think the MacGuffin is? You think it's this benign thing, but you don't know that it can do this. Right. You know, and reveals its true nature. And well, I mean, now all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's a big, powerful weapon. Or, oh, no, that's a key to the gates of heaven or, you know, whatever. Like, right. Or, or or you get the situation like in Watchmen mm-hmm. where it's like, that's that's not the purpose of this. You thought this was all figured out and it was villainy. It's it's not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now you're going to have to live with either destroying and knowing that it's not going to solve the problem because that's already happened, or two, living with the truth. Yep. Yeah. So those types of things that really can get good. Uh, and then we got a last side, uh, last one. Like I said, steal the bacon. Um, I, I call it that because we used to play a game uh, when I was in Scouts. Yeah. Uh, you put a handkerchief in the middle of the floor, <laughs> and two people from either equidistant from either side have to go and try to grab the handkerchief and get it back to their own side. It's yep. called steal the bacon. Right. Um, and so neither side has it. But the first to control it wins. Right. Um, this isn't so much of a race against time as much as it's a race against the villain directly. Mm-hmm. Time might be entirely on your side mm-hmm. in, 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 in things like this. Unless your MacGuffin is in and of itself um, has some sort of built-in expiration. Either it's set to detonate or expire mm-hmm. or um, you know, in some way has its own clock going on. Uh, your race may just simply be who gets to it first. And if left entirely to its own devices, it will just remain there. Stardust, the movie. And story. Okay. The star. You had the witches who the witches who wanted it. Yes. And he who was retrieving it for his love. Yes. Yes, but Tristan was already kind of in that that's more of a hero has it, villain wants it. I agree, but it still was a 
to a common point. Yes. Now he has it. He must keep it. Yeah, and and that and, that I think ex- that's shows, where I was going with shows that. the further point of how these will shift. Correct. Um. Uh. So okay. First thing, discover. Yes. Discovery is 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 a great way to interact with this one. You have to find the whereabouts of the MacGuffin. You have to understand the circumstances under which it exists. You know, mm-hmm. is it hidden in an ancient temple laden with magical traps sure. of from an ancient long gone race? You know, mm-hmm. is it you know uh, uh, stranded on some moon in some star system that is you know battered constantly with solar radiation and right. you know uh, uh, things like that? Like that in and of itself is a discovery phase, very much like researching. Yep. Um, interfere. Mm-hmm. Okay, instead of going after the MacGuffin, we're going to go after the villain and screw with their attempt to retrieve it to trip them up and throw them off mm-hmm. so that hopefully if we can slow them down enough, we can then just hop in and grab it. Correct. Or something like that. Um, misdirect. Yep. Misdirect very much like interfere. Uh, instead of derailing the villain by force, you're going to derail them with deception to throw them off the trail. Yep. Make them spend resources to to try and split up what they have, thus reducing their ability to to focus on it. Exactly. Um, and I think the last one too is uh, recruit. Um, this isn't something necessarily your heroes are going to do, mm-hmm. but this is a pretty common tactic to the villain. Mm-hmm. When the villain uh, basically says, oh, you're my competition for the MacGuffin here. Why don't you just join me? And we can both have the MacGuffin and we don't have to fight over it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, depending on your story, that may or may not be a feasible move. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just some empty dialogue by the villain so that your heroes can look him in the eye and say, we'll never join you. Right. But sometimes... Depending on your story, depending on what the MacGuffin is and the circumstances and whatnot, setting up a shaky alliance between someone who's posed as your villain and, and yeah. your heroes can be a cool narrative twist. Yeah. Your ship's wrecked. I still have one. You have the map. I have a boat. Yes, that's a perfect example. Yeah. You have a map. I have a boat. Yeah. We agree not to kill each other. Until we find it. Exactly. Because neither of us are going to survive if we don't get it. Exactly. Yeah, those kinds of moments are the ones that get you the the the, the stories that require some kind of a that shaky alliance. Uh, even if it's just for a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So there's, there's different movements with all this because they can shift between all of those. And allow you the grace of being able to let your players have all that agency to choose and shift it around. Mm-hmm. Um, Just as, as something as simple as we've got a thing you don't mm-hmm. can create so much narrative motion. Yeah. Um, the other the other way that I, I, I really love um, to interact with, with MacGuffins is the moral dilemmas and stuff like that 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 surround them Mm -hmm. um because depending on what your what your macguffin represents Mm -hmm. i mean it may not just be as simple as i have the thing i win right if it represents something very good or very bad in the story um and if those things change 
you can start act asking a lot of really interesting questions about who's involved with it, what their intentions are with it, um, and whatnot. Uh, so, like, different movements I thought of was uh, MacGuffin we thought was good, turns out to be evil. You get that one where it's like, oh, uh, it's just a... It's just a simple chalice. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. That thing is cursed, and whoever holds it is doomed to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. We thought we were doing something good by delivering it to the Chancellor, but now that we kind of understand that it's cursed, oh, we're helping him assassinate the king. Crap. Yeah. And now suddenly what turned into the heroes have it and we just need to deliver it to the Chancellor now suddenly becomes this big... Yeah. It changes the entire perspective. It changes the entire landscape. Exactly. Um, um, one of the ones that got me was uh, the, the, the actual king of Castillo in 7th Sea mm-hmm. is missing. Yes. And his, his brother refuses to take the crown. One of the adventures is finding the king finding where the king is and bringing him back to convincing him to come back to Castillo. The real reason for that is so that the king can be assassinated. The oh. person who is trying to do it is is literally trying to assassinate the king mm-hmm. and without having proof of that his 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 uh, brother will never take the crown. Oh jeez. He believes he's still out there. Mm-hmm. And so that either find me proof that he is dead or bring him back, mm-hmm. rescue him, and it's all just a ruse to get him back to be assassinated. Jeez, yeah, and it's it's a beautiful story if you you put it together like that. But all the clues come out mm-hmm. as things go on that that's how it has to happen. Yeah, and that that kind of brings us to another point is that people can be MacGuffins. Yes, just as much. We talked about it a little earlier. We kind of addressed it a few times, like Private Ryan, uh, the the King of Sandoval in this case. Um, but the the point of a, a person being a MacGuffin is that they have a contrivance drive within the story. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who saw, uh, gosh, now no, I'm losing track of it. Uh, Tom Hanks. Is that not Angels and Demons? The first one. Um, why am I losing the track of the movie or the I, name of the story? I had, now? I had on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, um, Da Vinci Code. Thank you. Yeah, uh, a person was, in the end, the reveal of the truth. Yeah. Because it was the bloodline uh, that was involved there, and they had been part of it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And things like that, uh, you know, um, Princess Leia in A New Hope. It just, just in A New Hope. Right. Because she doesn't really have a lot of agency in that story. She's just sitting in a cell waiting to be rescued. Correct. But she's a, she is the symbol of hope. Yes. For that story, uh, which I think is a great, mm-hmm. uh, a great way of looking at and, and reminding yourself that a person can be the MacGuffin. It's not the plans so much. The plans can definitely get where they need to go, but this person is the is the new hope. Mm-hmm. Is the person who can move it forward. Um, likewise, uh, the fifth element you had on here, Lilu. Yeah, Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah, she is the MacGuffin of the story, but is also a character running through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but is the reason anything functions at the end and allows you to kind of create a new balance of understanding, you know, how you see the universe Yeah, as well. 
Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you look at Fifth Element, it's basically just an elaborate escort quest. Yeah. That's that's all it is. You just get Lilu from one place to another. Yeah. Uh, pick up the keys along the way. Yeah. Yeah. She is, she is the perfect being, uh-huh. you know, we, but we need her to activate the weapon. Yep. So, and it's her choice to activate the weapon, which you find in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done all the things. Now what? You know, well, why should I activate it? Oh, shit. I didn't even think that that was going to be part of the switch, you know, right, to turn right, it on right, right. kind of a thing. And and I love that. I love that final kind of reveal of, like, you, you've done all the things right. Now, tell me why. Mm-hmm. And a, an object is never going to ask you that question. Mm-hmm. But a person will. And that makes the difference. Saving Pride Riot does it at the end. He's just like, okay, you guys all made it to me. I'm staying here. Yeah. Like, I'm not going home I'm, just I, because my brothers are dead. There's still Nazis to fight. Right. Like, and, and I'm not leaving my company. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I more important than this dude? Yeah. You know, because you're the last in the family. <sighs> what if you got here and I was dead? It wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. Right. You know, right. And meanwhile, these guys are like, we literally had people die to come to get you, butthead. Uh huh. Like, the least you can do is say, thank you and get out of here with us. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And it's, it's those kind of moments that make you just scratch your head and go, God, I guess that, that makes a lot more sense that he wasn't just like, oh, wow, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go. It's like, no, like, I'm a person. I want to be here. Yeah. I'll be here tomorrow, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah, a, a, MacGuff, a MacGuffin who can tell you what they want their agency in the story to be is yeah. is certainly a different from, from just a briefcase, you know. Yeah, throw it over. Uh, Shrek was another one where the, the MacGuffin is the princess in that story. Uh-huh. And she's just like, no, this is not how it's supposed to happen. Bye-bye. Like, leave. Like, no, no, I'm a delivery boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> over the shoulder, walking out the door, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's things like that, where a person who is, becomes the MacGuffin, especially if it's if it's undefined until the end, so you don't know, or your expectation is, is that they want whatever's about to happen to them, and you get there only to find out that that ain't the case. Because they're a person, and they've had to endure as well. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, I want to address a couple things that I'm seeing over here in the uh, the live chat. Ooh. ooh. Uh, all right. So, uh, I'm gonna read a couple comments because they're all kind of saying the same thing. Sure. Um. So, Knox in the box says uh, R2D2 is my favorite. Beep boop MacGuffin. Um. Heatsink says uh, cast in Castaway the MacGuffin was escape. Uh. And Knox in the box also says was there a person who was the MacGuffin in Memento? God, it's been so long since I saw that. Uh, I may not be remembering correctly. Okay. All right. Let's not confuse a MacGuffin right. with a... Uh, uh, there's a lot of things going on here. So let me let me address them one at a time. So R2-D2 isn't a MacGuffin. No, definitely R2-D2 not. R2-D2 is a magical robot who seems to always have a Swiss Army knife solution for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, there's some contrivances attached to him, but he is a character, not a MacGuffin. Correct. Uh, Castaway, uh, Escape is not the MacGuffin. Escape is the drive. The packages that he wants to take are the MacGuffin. He saves packages because he believes he needs a return, and that's his drive to get them back. Exactly. It's so, the one little thing that gives him a purpose correct. To, to remain around and to survive and stuff like that. Correct. Um, 
And then lastly, uh, so the, uh, a person Memento. who is the MacGuffin in Memento. Um, you could argue that his wife was the MacGuffin, but I think it's less it's less that his wife was a MacGuffin and more that the murder of his wife was the inciting incident. I don't remember Memento well enough. So, so what happened was um, uh, Leonard, um, presumably, and this is how he remembers it, but again, keeping in mind that Memento is literally... Uh, unreliable narrator the movie yes um is uh, uh he was an insurance adjuster happily married to his wife um somebody broke into their house and murdered her it was like a, it was like a botched home invasion i think you know yes but basically um murdered her and beat him over the head causing a traumatic brain injury which causes him to not be able to form new long-term memories he only has short-term memory. Yes. Okay. So he forgets things after like five minutes. Yeah. Goldfish brain. Yeah. Okay. So wife has been murdered. He swears vengeance, but he can't remember anything. Right. So he has to like the the murder of his wife is the last thing he remembers. Right. Everything after that, he has no idea. He's written himself little notes and stuff of that to try to get him from moment to moment. Right. And whatnot, but. The murder of his wife is essentially what drives him to do all of the things that happen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's less of a MacGuffin and more of an inciting incident. I would agree with that statement. Because the wife does not appear as a... Uh, I'm going to use the term object of interest. Correct. Um, in the movie. The wife does not move hands throughout the movie... She does not get, you know, uh, sought after or anything like that. Like, she's gone. She can't be a MacGuffin if she's not a... If she's not physically in the story. Not true. That's... that's I will I will stop you on that one. That's not true. I, I think... I, I agree that she is... That by definition, she, should, she is not the MacGuffin of that story. But it doesn't have to be there. It can still be a drive. Like, Rosebud is not in the story. But Nobody it's... can seek her. Correct. Nobody could possibly acquire her. Correct. In that the questing for her would be fruitless. Correct. I All of those statements are accurate. Yes. You can... You. What I'm saying is that she's not an acquirable thing. Correct. Okay. She's dead and gone. Correct. She's already out of the story. Correct. She's so, been removed. Yes. Yes. I, I hate to be referring to a person as an object. But no, kinda, but it's, it's but important that's kind of how this. it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, little <laughs> finding Nemo. Yes, Nemo is Ryan. Is 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 everything? <laughs> yeah, like it really. does what it says on the tin. Yeah, right. Literally, one hundred percent. It is the truthful MacGuffin of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, regardless of what happens with Nemo, which is great that we get to see that story, but you could literally cut everything that Nemo does out of that story, and it is still finding Nemo. That is the story. So, uh, Knox in the Box actually clarifies his statements on Memento. He says he was thinking of Sammy Jenkins. So, so you did what he said on the tattoo. You remembered Sammy Jenkins. Cool. Um, no, again, he's not a MacGuffin because he's not. He's not properly in the story. Um, he's a memory of something that parallels his own experience to give him a foothold for how to explain his experiences to the um to the to the viewer 
Yeah, he's a guidance character. Yeah, he's a he's, guidance or translator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more of a more of a guidance character. It, without but, without him, the story would be exceptionally hard to understand. But he's not driving that story. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a contrivance for plot exposition because in explaining the story of Sammy Jenkins to whoever it is that's on the phone with him in those black and white scenes, mm-hmm. he explains his own condition. Correct. And therefore, we the viewer get to get to better understand who Leonard is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good thing. Um. Uh, Heatsink says, "Can't the memory be a MacGuffin, though?" Not really. Again, it's more of an inciting incident because the the memory itself will never be solved. Can't be can't be sought after. Can't be manipulated. Even the idea of manipulating it can't be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of exists. Yeah, I. I it, not every story has a MacGuffin. That is a factor. You have to understand that that there are some stories that are are inciting incidents and the events thereof. There mm-hmm. is no MacGuffin in four weddings and a funeral. Yeah. There is no there is no uh MacGuffin in uh uh what was it? there was another one that just hit my head. Um in Braveheart. There's mm-hmm. no MacGuffin. So you don't necessarily have to look for a MacGuffin in the story. You will know what it is nine times out of ten. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's that, or you'll believe you know what it is until you get to the very end, and you're like, "Oh, the MacGuffin was me all along," you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but understand that the MacGuffin is the th- is a is a un- intangible or uninteresting thing that carries and continues to drive the plot yes. when it is exposed. If it if it comes back to light, it is to push the plot into action. Yes, every yes. time. Um, bullet train. What is the MacGuffin? It's that, it's that damn briefcase. Correct. Every time it comes into the scene. Briefcase with a train on the handle. And it drives the story. Mm -hmm. Every single time it shows up, you see it multiple times within the story. And every single time it drives action or narrative that drives the action. Yeah. And what's in the briefcase? We don't know. And it's not terribly important. No, it isn't. Yeah. You know, and that's. That's the type of things. Sometimes the MacGuffin, which is hilarious, uh, is something that is physically within the story and can technically be defined as a character. There are people who argue that the alien in Alien is the MacGuffin of the story. But you really have to... That's a stretch. It is... It's the antagonist. It's not... The thing is, if you define it as a MacGuffin, technically it is. But the problem is, is that it is more than a MacGuffin and therefore can't be. Mm-hmm. The moment you step it over a line, it is no longer a MacGuffin. Yeah. And yeah. in that sense, Alien will never, the Alien will never be the MacGuffin in Alien. The the, the thing to me is that, like, a, a MacGuffin, I don't think, like, the moment your MacGuffin starts acting upon the story by its own, by its own cognizance... Correct. That's when it ceases to be a MacGuffin and starts being a character. Correct. A MacGuffin kind of needs to be like a football. You know, we talk about like the the lamp. Was it the the sexy lamp? The sexy lamp. Yes. You know, is is a, is a thing. If you can replace a character with a sexy lamp and it changes nothing about the story, mm-hmm. um, 
I, I kind of feel like like the MacGuffin f- should follow the football rule. You right. know, if you can replace it with a football and it changes nothing about the story, yes, then it's just an object. Correct. You know, Marcellus Wallace's you know uh, briefcase that everybody's fighting over and stuff like that doesn't matter what's in it. Not people least. want the briefcase. Multiple people want the briefcase, and they're all going to fight over it. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives character arcs. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Um. The One Ring doesn't really have any agency. I mean, in, I guess in the in the deep lore, it does. It wants things, but like, well, it, it, it's a ring. It calls to the desire of of its owner, and through that is an expression of it. No different than the Horcruxes in Harry Potter or any number of other things. Uh, there's a short story that I know pretty well. But the, but the point is though is that the ring we never see the ring do anything of its own will no people say that it does sure but in truth it is an object and if you witness it it just it didn't do anything it fell it's a series of contrivances correct of 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 coincidences and contrivances that that like oh the ring found its way into a new hand no it was just picked up by a hobbit it was lost by another hobbit yeah exactly them hobbits. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, you, you can string coincidences together and say the ring did this. No. But, like, no. No. The ring never goes like, and now I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know? No. So, yeah. And and as I said, the more you define what it can do, the less it becomes a MacGuffin. Yeah, because yeah. then it just becomes like a, a magic item or a piece of technology or whatever. Yeah, a tool. Yeah, exactly. Once it, once it is a tool... It is no longer an important part of the story. Pursuant to that. Sure. The expanse. Okay. The proto-molecule. MacGuffin? No. I, I, I mean, at times. That's what I'm saying. At times. That's what I was going to say. For the first season or two, the proto-molecule is absolutely a MacGuffin. But once it starts like doing things and getting involved and being the proto-molecule for everything the proto-molecule does... It's no longer... Important. No longer a MacGuffin. Correct. Yeah, and that's that's where you have to be careful. Is like, okay, what is this... Now that we have the MacGuffin, mm-hmm. and have is the story. Not yeah. an individual, not a group... The story now has the MacGuffin. We have an attachment to it. It is defined. Mm-hmm. It has purpose. Okay, if it has purpose, no longer a MacGuffin. Yeah. Like, if it is it is actively in purpose, no longer a MacGuffin. Hmm. It needs to, that, now you, the story now needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. So, what next? Okay, now it is a save the world story. Okay, does it need a MacGuffin at that point? No. Because we have a defined event we have a now we have a time bomb event. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need a MacGuffin to have a time bomb event, right? That's a thing. Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, I agree. I and again, it's a story. One story ended, a new story again. Yes, it's the expanse. The expanse is not all the expanse. The expanse yeah, yeah, is yeah. Multiple stories being told. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's one of the big takeaways from this discussion is is that like. As the MacGuffin changes hands, as it changes states, as people reveal new information about what it can or can't potentially do within the scope of your story and stuff like that, um, it's going to change. Like it, it in and of itself is a change in the ref- like the, the the focal point of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it can change from a you know uh, we don't know what this thing does to oh god we know what this thing does. It's going to break the world mm-hmm. to a 
actually it only breaks the world if you do a cool if you, if you do a, a bad thing with it but if you do mm-hmm. a good thing with it it saves the world yeah so when we a long time ago we talked about linchpins in stories mm-hmm. the thing that the story is wrapped around yes. sometimes that thing is a macguffin yes sometimes it is not correct it is its own thing but it's still the linchpin of the story that the story wraps around until it is pulled and completed exactly and so. i and i i can't in in to to wrap my thesis statement up before we wrap the uh, the show up here tonight yes cannot stress enough that you need to if, if for, for for really to really stretch a MacGuffin to its uh, to 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 its uh, extents here really honestly think about the moral implications and stuff like that of like where your MacGuffin is use it as much as humanly possible as a mirror to show the motivations and passions of your characters in how they feel about the MacGuffin at the center of your story. Um, it is so much more than a football. Yeah. Um, I agree. Now, we don't have questions that were presented, but I like the last one that Huluvu asked. Sure. Because um, I'm definitely going to put it in here, and that is, in mystery novels, can you consider the crime as the MacGuffin? Doesn't really matter what the crime is, but as long as you discover more about it, and that changes the story until it finally the crime is solved and the story is complete. The answer is, it is not a MacGuffin. It is a linchpin. It is an inciting incident. It is the inciting incident, and the story is wrapped around it, but the moment that it is removed, once the crime is solved, it is no longer a crime, an unsolved crime, Mm -hmm. that destroys the, the story unravels. Yes. Because it is done. Yes. So remember that you can sometimes see something and think that it's a MacGuffin when really it is just the linchpin that is holding your story together. Yeah. Yeah. So think it really has to be a physical thing. Uh, whether yes. that whether that whether that thing is a person or not sometimes mm-hmm. it is almost always an object but it can be a person if it's like a rescue mission like you said like a uh, Princess Leia in in mm-hmm. a New Hope or Private Ryan are great examples of that, okay? Yeah. But don't confuse it with a with a with a, a an inciting incident. If if your thinking is something in a, a MacGuffin, think to yourself: Can somebody acquire the thing that I'm talking about? Right. If they can't, then it's not a MacGuffin. Right. If the uh, the example on an esoteric sense, Rosebud, mm-hmm. it isn't a thing. the 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 thing that made Rosebud a MacGuffin was that no one knew what it meant. But the moment they understood what it meant, it was done. Well, right. But remember I said, the the discovery of what the MacGuffin is Correct. and what purpose it serves is part of what makes a, a story revolve around a MacGuffin. Correct. Rosebud is a sled. It is a MacGuffin. Yes. Discovery of it was what the story was. Correct. So, and that's MacGuffin. The, and that, that's the difference in there, where yes. anything else is just an inciting incident and mystery particularly sits at a very sits at a contentious crossroad mm-hmm. because really all a mystery is is a linchpin. Yeah. That's all that it is. There's an inciting incident, everything everything that happens is wrapped around that incident and resolution thereof. Right. The moment that it is removed, the story is over. Yep. So Yep. Yep. I hope that uh that clarifies that a little bit more. Uh and again, if you've got more questions about MacGuffins and linchpins and things like that, come on to Discord. Ask some questions. We'll definitely throw it into the next show. Absolutely. We'd love to see them. 
Uh, all right. So next week's topic, we are doing a system spotlight, like we said earlier. Yep. Um, this is uh, going to be a pre-recorded show once again. Yeah, sometime this week we'll pre-record it. Uh, so uh, we're we're not going to have the live chat then. Um, and if you've got any questions, I would say throw them in the Discord. Write meow. Mm-hmm. Remember, you can always tweet them at us too. If you're not on our Discord, you can yeah. like tweet them um, at us. Uh, Smoke signals are not working right now, so please don't use those anymore. Exactly. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Monster of the Week by. Uh, evil hat games yeah coming back to evil hat <laughs> um and uh, yeah but it was uh, two two months in a row actually two months yeah dresden last month um and this is a very like uh, buffy the vampire slayer uh supernatural x files yeah. you know if you want if you like you know want to fight against kids thing, on bikes <laughs> yeah th- things that go bump in the night and you yeah. want to you want to be one of the people that hunts those things down and keeps the streets safe uh monster of the week is a great little uh great little game for you there so We'll talk about that next week, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And uh, like we said, join us up on our Discord. We'd love to hear some great questions from you, bounce some story ideas with the other storytellers uh, uh, that are up there uh, for your own games. Uh, you can find that link on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members who help us out every single month, especially our named members. Members, Knox in the Box, Subjet, the Arcane Asylum, Veteran, Hulubu, Sam, Sean, and Sparkle Motion. We truly appreciate all your support. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at patreon.com slash arcane anthems or on Instagram at arcane anthems. And our intro music uh, is Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrog.bandcamp.com or on YouTube Music. And our outro music, which you're hearing right now, is Only Our Footprints in Sand by Midair Machine. You can find them at freemusicarchive.org. And a big shout-out, as always, for famous Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much Thank for you. loving and supporting us. All of our friends who've sat at our tables over these years, we give these great stories to share with you. And you, every single one of our listeners, we love you guys so much. Love you. Good night. Good night. Good night.